Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Halloween Bluescast. My name is Jason and it's a pleasure to have you with me again. This is episode 121. The podcast is now old enough to drink, um, plus 100 years. So drink like real hardcore alcohol. Uh, like was absinthe? What's the one that like can like kill you? Everclear? Yeah, let's try some of that. Um, welcome again. It's another exciting week. Uh, it's getting hotter in California, so it's gonna suck before it starts to get better. And you know when it starts to get better around September when it's you know getting to the Halloween groove, that's when it starts to get better. But for the next uh, let's see, June, July, August, three months, so, you know we're just gonna. Grit our teeth and uh, try to get through it, and hopefully uh, we'll uh, come out on the other side feeling a lot better. Um, no major things to report, you know. Just playing my games. Final Fantasy 16 is in the in the PlayStation now, plucking away at that. I did watch the entire uh, eight episodes of uh, Skull Island, Kong Skull Island. I don't know what it's called, but it's the uh, animated series on uh, Netflix. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. Netflix, you know, despite their issues with animation um, studios and things that they've done in the, in the past, you know, with their business practices, uh, Netflix is pretty good at making um, animated shows for, I guess you would call them tweens. I don't know. Like, the shows are appropriate for kids in elementary and you know, younger probably. Um, but they're also a little bit more adult. Like, they do have blood. They do have some violence to them. Um, like that Camp Crustacea show. Uh, that's the Jurassic Park spinoff show. Uh, that was like, you know, an animated show for kids, but it had an adult element to it. Like it had like an eighties vibe to it, you know, like an eighties kids movie, you know, where like it's a kid's thing, but there's an edge to it. That's like, Oh, okay. I, I can appreciate this as an adult. And as a kid, like I would feel like, Oh, I'm getting away with something by watching this. And, um, <clears throat> I have to say the same thing for, um, for this Kong show where it feels like, you know, Oh, I'm kind of getting away by watching this show. Like there's some, some edginess to this, some darkness in there. Um, so I appreciate that Netflix has those kind of shows that kind of like bridge the gap of like, uh, being kitty show and then being like super adult anime show, you know, like it's nice to have that middle ground still. Um, like I feel like Batman, the animated series, you know, was kind of like that for us when we were growing up. Um, yeah. So anyways, it's, I thought it was really entertaining. Um, it didn't necessarily add anything to like the overall lore of the show, but it did, you know, it, it feels like it's its own separate kind of universe. I don't think it's really connected too much, uh, to the films and all that much really. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, their, their liberal use of Kong or like their, no, I should say conservative use of Kong. Like they, they really like held back on pushing him forward on the show. Like they kind of explored other creatures and other monsters and stuff like that. So that was nice. Um, and it was interesting having like a bad guy in the show that wasn't necessarily a bad guy. Uh, they were just kind of maybe jerks about the way they were going things. So there wasn't really like a, there wasn't too much of an antagonist conflict between the characters. It was more just, you know, these groups of people trying to survive on this Island, uh, with differing goals. Um, that ultimately kind of like lead up to being the same goal. So it was, it was like a nice little, just like low, low stakes show, just survival basically, you know, like it wasn't about like, fighting it wasn't about anything like that it was just trying to survive this island and get off um and uh yeah i, I really enjoyed it for what it was uh, it's a fun watch you know like i said if you if you got kids um you know probably a good show to watch with them so yeah check that out um 
as for anything else uh that's pretty much it no uh, exciting news to report yet um so let us take it on over to the news This week is a rather slow news week, so this is actually probably going to be a really, really short podcast. Um, so let's dive right into it. So you remember Slender the Arrival? Uh, that was a video game that came out, God, for like 20 years ago now. I don't know how long ago that was. Um, apparently it's about 2013, but I feel like it was way, way longer than that. Um yeah, so Slender the Arrival was, uh, maybe it's because, you know, I'm probably thinking of the free-to-play version that was, like, circulating on the web, uh, just feel free to download, wasn't, like, an actual physical, or wasn't actually, like, a, a game that you would sell, it was just, like, this random game you would download, I think it was called, wasn't it called Slender the Ten Pages or something like that? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, that makes me feel like it's really even older than Arrival. Um, but if you don't know what Slender is, it's based on the old Slenderman, uh, internet creepypasta, um, which, wow, Slenderman, that is, a that is a well that has been, uh, dry for a long time. Remember that Slenderman movie that came out, was put out by Sony, um, like kind of a little bit after like Slenderman had fallen off, like, okay, here comes this movie. Maybe this movie will revitalize the Slenderman genre and now nah, it was a terrible movie apparently I never actually saw it dang that might be a movie I have to go and look up anyways so yeah Slenderman is just a creepypasta about um, this long skinny figure with a blank face he wears like a suit and um, he kind of appears to people and just various things happen like usually he's associated with like child kidnappings and things like that or kids disappearing um, that's kind of like what he started off being associated with. And then the mythos around him kind of grew and grew and grew. Um, so the original Slender the Arrival game had you playing as this character who was kind of navigating like the woods, his houses, all these kind of different things, looking for, um, clues about what had happened to, uh, I think her friend. And then, yeah, that was kind of the game. It was a very bare bones, very simple game. Um, nothing really it, it was creepy in the sense that like oh you know slender was kind of stalking you in certain stages and you know your your view would get all like fuzzy and weird when he was nearby and it'd be creepy in that regard um but for me like the original no budget uh free-to-play version that was put out there like that to me was like far scarier than uh the actual release game uh well anyways the reason we're talking about slender now in the year our lord uh 2023 uh, is that a, uh, a countdown has gone up uh, on the uh, Slender the Arrival website that indicates that something will be happening on uh, July 27th. No word of what it could be, possibly a, a sequel, maybe. Um, but all we have is a, uh, a video that's also linked there where you can see, like, um, looks like you're in a creepy basement with some little deformed creature um, kind of at the bottom of a stair stairway and kind of blocking your your exit out of the basement and that's all it is just like a real quick like 10 second teaser uh so we'll have to wait till july 27 to find out what that's about possibly my guess is i'm wondering if they're going to delve into other um uh, creepypasta characters like uh i remember the rake the rake was one that was uh 
very disturbing. Um, so, you know, and they're all like public domain. I don't see why they couldn't just go out there and say, like, okay, we're going to take all these internet characters and uh, internet creatures and we're just going to make a game out of them. So, yeah, we'll see what they come up with. July 27th, keep an eye out. Uh, here's a fun documentary that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Shudder is going to be releasing a, uh, a new documentary called Sharksploitation, uh, which will be out on July 21st in the U.S., Canada, U.K., uh, and Australia, New Zealand for the Shudder streaming service, if you have that. Uh, this is a documentary that's going to be focused on the uh, the subgenre of shark films, you know, like all the films that came after Jaws. Um, probably things like starting with Orca, I imagine, will be one they cover, and then all the way up till now when we got, like, Cocaine Shark. Um and just that subgenre of just focusing on like aquatic killer animals. Uh, I think that's fun. I think that's a great subject to, to look at. Uh, I love, I love the sharks. Uh, I love the shark genre. Um, I don't watch all the bad shark movies that are out there, but if I do catch one, I usually will enjoy it for a little while. Like, you know, there was a time when sci-fi, when I was a kid, you know, they would be playing all sorts of bad shark movies and I would be there just watching them all, loving them. Um, yeah, so I'm sure they'll cover like Sharknado and all that fun stuff. Um, but there's a plethora, you know, even good ones, you know, like um, like a Deep Blue Sea, I think is a pretty fun shark movie. So we'll have to see how far in, in depth this uh, uh, documentary goes. But it, that sounds like a fun subject to cover, just especially if they get to talk to like, you know, directors, actors or producers behind the scenes who funded these things. You know, I think that should be uh, pretty fun to see. So, yeah. Check that out. That's going to be on July 21st on Shudder. Uh, this one's another documentary, actually, uh, that's going to be coming out, uh, but it's more of a uh, scarier subject matter. This one's uh, called The J-Horror Virus. Uh, this is coming by way of Sarah Appleton and Jasper Sharp. According to uh, Bloody Disgusting, The J-Horror Virus will be a feature-length documentary charting the origins, evolution, and diffusion across the world of a di distinctive brand of made-in-Japan supernatural chillers that seeped into the global consciousness at the time of the millennium. Films featuring vengeful ghosts manifesting themselves through contemporary technology against the backdrop of suburban alienation and social decay. Um, from its origins in Teruyoshi Ishii's 1988 fake documentary Psychic Vision uh, and Noroya to, to Suruta's seminal scary, tori, scary true stories straight to video series through such key titles as Hideo Nakata's Ring, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Pulse, and Takashi Shimizu's Juan, uh, critics and the filmmakers reflect on how the bleak dystopic dystopic, oh my gosh, dystopic visions and unsettling atmospheres that made these works so unique infiltrated their way across the world. Uh, yeah, so they're going to be interviewing a lot of these uh, directors um, and focusing really on between the 90s to the 2000s section of uh, Japanese horror, which is, yeah, I think, as they point out, was kind of like a real a real groundswell, a real, like, rising of the Japanese horror scene in America, like, along with America, you know, because, like, Japanese horror, it's been around forever, but I think that was when it was becoming more mainstream or at least starting to become more recognized here in the in the West where people are kind of seeing these things come out, like, you know, the ring and the grudge and all that. Um, yeah. So, um, that sounds great. That sounds like a fun documentary as well, especially the fact that they are going to be talking to these 
to these great creators and kind of get an insight onto their their perspectives of things and how those films you know shaped maybe the landscape of horror at the time you know great subject matter so that's another exciting documentary to be looking forward to um let's see here i don't think it has a release date yet No, it doesn't seem to have a release date, but they did put out a trailer for it. Um, yeah, no release date. Hmm. So stay tuned for that one. Hopefully we'll get a release date for that one soon. Uh, moving on to some other news here. Deadline is reporting that um, we now have a little bit of a plot description for M. Night Shyamalan's uh, next thriller movie. Thriller slash horror slash whatever it might be. Uh, we know it's going to be called Trap. And uh, basically it's a psychological thriller set at a concert. So that's all we know at this point, but it's kind of just a little more details on that one. Um, also, what's interesting to note in this uh, little deadline piece is that they mentioned um, uh, Shyamalan's daughter, Ishana Knight Shyamalan, Shyamalan will be working on her uh, first feature film debut uh, with a movie called The Watchers, which is being described as a uh, gothic fairy tale. So that's uh, pretty cool. You know, if she's anything like her dad, that could be potentially exciting. You know, she is the dad for all his faults has made some really classic horror films and classic thrillers. So hopefully, you know, she has seen his work and been like, okay, this is what dad's good at. This is where I can take things and make it even better. You know, that would be great. Um, you always want your kids to be, you know, better. So hopefully Ishana will take what, uh, M. Knight has laid down and run with it. And in our final bit of horror news, uh, this one coming by way of Deadline again, uh, Elizabeth Banks and Nathan Fillion are going to be set to star in a, a new, what they're calling a vanity thriller. So I'm not sure what that is. Um, I'm guessing like, well, in terms of vanity, I'm thinking they're meaning like, you know, vanity as in like your appearance, what you care about your appearance and all that. Um, the vanity thriller is called Skin Care, so you know, probably what they're talking about. It also star uh, Louis Pullman, Michaela J. Rodriguez, and Louis Cerrado Menendez. Mendez, uh, it'll be directed by Austin Peters. Um, and all we know right now is Skin Care is described as a vanity thriller set in Hollywood, though specifics to its plot are under wraps. So, there we go. There you go. Um, but Elizabeth Banks is said to be the uh, leading the cast, and as a, you know, I don't know. I'm just excited for having Elizabeth Banks and Nathan Fillion in a movie again. Uh, we recently talked about a movie they did together. Well, recently, guy that was probably like three, or four weeks ago. How long ago did the podcast about Slither? Yeah, so it's been a while since uh, they've teamed up. So yeah, they had a great pairing in Slither. So yeah, I hope to see that uh, that magic recreated again in this one all right like i said it was gonna be a short podcast this week and here we are just barely over 15 minutes oh my goodness um not a lot of horror news so hopefully in the next coming weeks we'll get some more stuff um we're in the summer so now this is the time period where you know horror or halloween events start announcing things that are going to be happening coming up in the halloween season so hopefully we'll get more new details that we can start talking about soon but uh, that's about it for this week. So you guys stay cool out there. Have a good week. And I will see you on the other side. Bye.